Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Nairi. And we're here to show you the behind the scenes of our fitness journeys. To share the lessons that we've learned along the way. And the things that have helped us grow. To help you thrive in your own journey. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower you. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, happy Thursday or whatever day it is for you listening to this. I am so excited to be here for today's podcast. We have got one juicy episode coming up for you, all about how to thrive this festive season. And we have literally just spent the last 40 minutes planning this episode and chatting away. I feel like we've done a whole episode so far already this morning. (laughs) We literally did. And it's funny because we were just trying to figure out if we were going to do much of an intro. And I feel like we already did it. And that's why I didn't know if we should. (laughs) Yeah, but you guys just didn't hear it, but we'll repeat all of it for you because there's some very valuable stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And how are you going, Hannah? I'm very good, thank you. How has your week been? Yeah, week's been really good. Very busy as usual. I feel like now that it's like towards the end of the year, everything is just going so quickly and it sort of does lead into the Christmas period and it's I don't know about you, Hannah, but it's one of my favorite times of the year. So I'm really excited for this episode because I love Christmas. I freaking love it. (laughs) Oh my God, I love you. And it is creeping up on us. Like by the time this episode comes out, it's literally going to be like the last week of November. It's crazy. Wow. And you know what that means? What does that mean? (laughs) You're looking at me like, (laughs) what is she going to say? Well, that means that it's only going to be a couple of weeks until we actually have our signups. Oh my God, your doors are opening in. So when this comes out on the 25th of November, doors are going to be opening a week after. How exciting. How exciting. Oh my gosh. So guys, if you haven't already, the link is in the bio to um, pre-register your interest. Uh, not the bio. This is not Instagram. The show notes <laughs> <laughs> for you to pre-register your interest for our coaching program, which starts on the 17th of January. Um, so check the show notes and sign up because there is going to be limited spots available <gasps> very soon. How exciting. That just reiterates how quick time has gone like the last couple of months have just flown by because we've been talking about it for a while now and it's now finally coming to light so Hannah and I are literally we're just beaming we're so excited to release this program because we're so passionate about health and fitness and the mindset side of things and that's something that we're going to be uh, sort of delving into a lot in the coming months Um, and we're going to do an episode about it next week I believe so that will be released obviously the week after Um, and yeah we're just so excited to share it all with you but more on that later I did want to ask do you have any highlights for the week Hannah before we get into the podcast oh yes I do actually you know this morning I did yoga with my a few of my girlfriends um (laughs) So we have this thing, it's called Crunch Fix. It's like our online um, classes that crunch the gym that we got that we got to um, brought out in lockdown. And we've kind of carried it on just the five of us group fitness instructors. And every week we film somewhere different. Like one, we take it in turns to take the class and then we film it all. And today we did wild yoga on this little pier in the middle of the beach. And it was just like the nicest way to start the morning. So that's got to be my highlight for the week. What about you? 
beautiful. I love that. You know, I do I have a highlight of the week? So many things have happened. I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> I picked my pictures for uh, my from my photo shoot. So that's kind of exciting. I'll have to wait for the official shots, obviously. My website's going to be released in a, a couple of weeks now and I've seen it and I'm really impressed with it. It's very simple, it's to the point and I love it. So those are two things that have been sort of in the works for a while now and I'm excited about that. But also when you mentioned about the yoga, I was actually just before the podcast, I actually went for a quick walk around like literally two block, uh, sorry, two walks around the block of my little complex. And I only had like 10 minutes. I was like, oh, just, I just whip outside, you know, go for a quick walk. Cause I really just wanted to get some fresh air, get the sunshine on my back and to get in a little bit of movement as well before we sit down for a couple of hours, you know, um, anyone who works from home or sits at a desk, like any chance that you get to move around, like you take that opportunity, right? So anyway, once I got outside, I was just like, the sun was just beaming on me and I just felt so like instantly relaxed. And I started doing some deep breathing. And when you spoke about yoga, it kind of reminded me of deep breathing. And I, I was like, oh, I haven't done this kind of stuff in a really long time. And, and deep breathing, something that you can do that's so simple to bring in, like just to bring your body back to that natural, um, you know, relaxed state. And if you're someone who gets really stressed out and anxious about things, that could be a little tool that's so simple. You can do anywhere in the world. Um, you know, no matter what you're doing in the day, you can just sit down for literally one minute and just do five deep breaths. And you can even get your watch to sort of sink you in as well. And it really does help to calm you down if you've been in that stress state. So it just made me feel so good. Like I just, I felt so uh, relaxed and in tune with my body and the sun was beautiful and anyway I just wanted to mention that because it's been on my mind since it happened and that was like an hour and a half ago so yeah I just thought I'd pop that one in but I'd probably say my you know top highlights would probably be the website and the the pictures so yeah that's me <laughs> I love that big week for you did I see something on your stories about this deep breathing yesterday or today I've ever made that mm, up. Not me. Not me. <laughs> I could have. It's so funny because I could have sworn I saw that. Well, oh, never mind. <laughs> hell, maybe a future post. Maybe, maybe I saw the future. That's probably what it was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, actually, we're we're doing something quite interesting later today. I've never done this before. Have you ever done axe throwing? No, but I've booked it for Shadi's birthday. That's so That's funny. So cool. We're doing it tonight. So we just thought, let's just do it. Thomas just came to me yesterday and was like, do you want to do something tomorrow night? And I was like, yep, let's do something. And he's like, do you want to do axe throwing? Yep, okay, <laughs> let's do it. So we're going to go down and do that. And that'll be an interesting experience. So yeah. that'll be so fun. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I booked it. Shani's birthday was in lockdown, but I'd booked it before. Um, so we haven't actually done it yet, but you just reminded me that I need to contact them to... Mm-hmm. Definitely. How fun. Let me know how it is. Yeah. On a similar wavelength, have you ever uh like been to a gun range? No. No. The fact that I needed That's... to think about that so much. 
<laughs> it's actually really fun. That's an, like, you know, a similar kind of similar thing. Um, I went to uh, this place, oh, it was probably a couple of years ago now. I just always had this idea that before I turned 30, I'm like, I need to go to a gun range and, you know, just blow off some steam. <laughs> and um, I ended up, yeah, going down to the local place and um, it's very expensive, but it's worth it. It's so much fun. And I did that with my brother and his girlfriend a couple of years ago. Um, anyway, it just reminded me when we were talking about the axe throwing. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. No, I've never done it. It would be good. Yeah. So anyway, moving right along. So today, today's podcast is all about the festive season, as Hannah was talking about before. And I know from my own personal experience, and I'm sure Hannah's the same from in the past, as well as, you know, what we focus on with our clients now, a lot of people get very, I guess, they're fearful of weight gain over the Christmas period, but they also don't know how to navigate. So they don't actually gain all this weight before the new year. So we thought that today could be a really good episode to talk to you guys a little bit about some tips that we feel are going to be really helpful and valuable for you, especially for those who actually track their macros currently. If you don't track macros yet, you should chat with us and, you know, work with us one-on-one because this is something that we both focus on and it's truly such an investment in your health and fitness um, journey because you learn so much through through that process and uh, it can be a really good way to heal your relationship with food and that's something that's that's the reason why it's um, helped to heal my relationship with food. Thomas always said says to me you can't have a relationship with food you have a relationship with a person <laughs> just for anyone no I have the best relationships that. with food actually <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, so we've actually decided to talk to you guys about three different phases that you could possibly be in. And those phases are fat loss, maintenance and weight gain. So if you're in one of those three phases, which you would be, (laughs) and if that's the case, then um, we've got different strategies so that you can navigate the Christmas period, um, depending on which goal you're actually wanting to achieve. So without further ado, Hannah, did you want to take it away with the first one? Yeah, I'd I'd just like to say also, um, if you, what you were saying about the relationship with food, um, if you're not tracking macros yet, it can really help, like Naya just said, to heal your relationship with food. And uh, you might not even recognize that you need that yet. But if you're the type of person that you stay away from certain food groups, or you think you can't have a certain food at all because it will make you fat this will help Mm -hmm. to teach you how you can incorporate all food types um, and still be able to achieve your goals there's no good or bad food that's something that can really open your eyes if you start to track macros so if you don't know about it yet definitely reach out to us because we love teaching that stuff and it honestly changes your life so it really does love it um, so yes, we are talking about all three phases. I want to say to you, take from this what you want. You might find that some of the information um, that we give, for example, if you're in a fat loss phase, might be very different to if you're in a weight gain phase. It might be conflicting almost information. So take what you need, depending on what phase you're in, okay? 
Uh, the first point that I wanted to say for how to thrive this festive season is ditch the all or nothing approach. Um, and this probably goes across all phases, whether you're in a fat loss phase or even a weight gain phase. Um, a lot of people have this mentality of if they're not 100% on track, they're not tracking at all. And that's mm. not going to be helpful in any phase uh, that you're in because you want to have an approach that is 80-20. So you're 80% consistent throughout the year, 20% allowing for treats, social occasions, and things like that. And I know, Nairi, you had a lot of valuable information to give, especially if you're in the fat loss phase with this point. So did you want to? Yeah, so we we sort of spoke about this earlier and we didn't want to confuse everyone. So we thought that we'd give you guys, I guess, umbrellas of you know, the different goals that you might have so that we can give you more specific and like context sort of based uh, responses. So at the end of the day, a lot of, you know, what we talk about, we actually teach this stuff in our coaching programs. And sometimes things actually do need to be super individualized to the actual person because they're where they've been in the past might actually require them to have a different strategy. So if you do already have a coach, make sure you check with them and, you know, ask them, is it okay to, you know, head down this route or is there another way that you actually need to go? So we just wanted to make that um, known that always check with your coach. Even if someone else gives you advice, make sure you ask your coach and see if it's okay because they might actually have a different sort of uh, strategy for you that's perhaps more suited to you because they know your personality. So something that I actually do with my clients is that, you know, not all of my clients actually uh, celebrate Christmas. So for them, if they're in a fat loss phase, they're just going to go through the Christmas period as they normally have. So when they have their, their social events coming up, well, because we do flexible dieting and because we track our macros, we get to choose the foods that we eat. So when they have a social occasion, we can actually plan around that for the week. So for instance, we might actually uh, bank our calories, which Hannah and I were talking about earlier is if you bank your calories, you know, maybe four days before the event, you could take 50 to 100 calories or maybe a little bit more from those days. And then you place it onto the day of the event. And then you've got an extra potentially four to 600 or maybe a little bit more calories to actually play with so that you're not starving the whole day and so that you can actually stick to your weekly calorie budget because at the end of the day that's going to be more important having that weekly budget so hitting your macros and hitting your overall calories on a consistent basis will actually uh, give you the results than if you just go purely by each day that you're tracking. So it, it, it's more of a consistency basis than a daily basis. So that would be one of the biggest things is banking your calories. Um, and Hannah actually had another point to make about um, when you do track eating out. Did you want to share that point? Uh, yeah, so when you do track eating out, just always allow a little bit extra for any extra oils or dressings or things that might be hidden in your food because obviously when you're not preparing your own food um, it's hard to know what secret ingredients are in there as so I always allow a little bit extra um, and also 
one thing that I like to do, it doesn't work for everybody, is I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting on days when I'm eating out. So I will actually push back my first meal um, to about 10, 11 a.m. Um, and just prioritize protein in the meals around me eating out so that I've got more carbs and fats to eat while I'm actually having the social event, which I find works for me. I love that. It's so important, Hannah, isn't it? Because there's whenever we eat out, like they always put extra things in it to make it taste good. You probably normally might not even use oil at home when you're cooking grilled fish, for instance. You put it in the oven or you put it in the air fryer and you don't put oil on it. But when you go to a restaurant, they'll still use oil. Even though it's grilled, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's just having that knowledge and understanding that you do need to overestimate just in case because chances are there's going to be more things than you've accounted for. And if you give yourself that extra buffer and you're tracking extra calories, then at least you're going to put yourself into a better position and and potentially be a little bit more uh, closer to the accuracy than what you would have if you just kind of under-tracked a little bit, you know. Definitely. And always as well, um, it's completely gone out of my mind. It'll come back to me. That's okay. You know, when I was um, in my uh, dieting phase, also, FYI, I'm in a reverse. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love it. It's exciting. Um, going back the other way for a couple of months before going back into the diet. Um, but when I was on the dieting phase and I was having family events every single week and I couldn't uh, bring my food to everything. Sometimes we would have like a restaurant meal or sometimes I just wanted to enjoy being with the family and having that social occasion with them. So what I would do, depending on what day of the week it would fall on, if I wasn't training that day, that was the easiest way for me to actually track my day without getting hungry because I could do what Hannah mentioned, a little bit of intermittent fasting, maybe not too um, much like what you were thinking. You're probably thinking like 12, 1, 2 p.m., right? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah. For me, because I eat so early on a regular, I usually eat at like 7 a.m., sometimes a little earlier. So for me, if I was to intermittently fast starting at like 1 p.m., 2 p.m., I would struggle so hard. So for me, I'd start eating at like 10, maybe 10.30 or something like that. So an extra three and a half hour window uh, where I wouldn't be eating, but it helped me to get through the day so that I still have two meals before I then have the meal out it actually was a lot easier for me to navigate when I wasn't training because I didn't get as hungry. Whereas when I'm training, I really do prioritize a meal beforehand, a meal after, and then I have an afternoon meal and then dinner. So I like to structure it on those days. Um, But yeah, so it's it's really, really important to uh, make sure that you are banking calories if you don't have enough calories to play with in that one day if you're on like 1700 calories which is what I was it's pretty hard to go through the day eating basically nothing and then leaving 1500 calories <laughs> for your meal out because uh, you know you want to make sure you're over tracking like what we said so um, that's a really big takeaway is banking your calories um, when you need to and yeah that's a, a huge one I think and track your drinks as well just popped into my head um so a lot of people don't track 
uh, or allow for any drinks that they have, alcohol or non-alcoholic, um, with mm -hmm. a meal. But there can be a lot of hidden calories. So make sure you are uh, incorporating them into your daily allowance as well. Definitely. And that's also another thing too. You can still you can still have your cake and eat it too. You know, you can still fit alcohol. You can still have chocolate. You just might not be able to have the entire pint or the entire bottle of alcohol. Because, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's not really a balanced approach. Uh, maybe on a once-off occasion, like on Christmas Day, but, you know, on the lead up to Christmas, if you're having a weekly event or two events in a week or even three, then there's got to be some kind of boundary somewhere. Because if you don't have any boundary, then that leads to that all or nothing approach where you just go, fuck it, hit the fuck it button and you go and eat everything. And then you feel guilty about it. And then you get into this really vicious cycle um, and it's not a good place to be in just before Christmas time anyway. This is uh, perfectly leading us into the second point that I wanted to say about um, sometimes the social value of an event will outweigh the macros. And this is probably for more of you if you're in a maintenance or a surplus stage. Mm. Um, if your main goal is fat loss, then this might not apply. Because if you are in a fat loss goal, you do want to be consistent. Um, even if you want to be in a fat loss phase throughout Christmas, then obviously you will need to be consistent through that period. But if you are in a maintenance or a surplus, um, you might just literally think to yourself that the social value of this meal, it might take you over your calories by a little bit. Um, and you might just choose the social value over the being in a calorie deficit or maintenance for that day. But that's not an excuse to use the memories over macros and blow out at every single social event. I see that a lot. Um, people yeah. are throwing around memories over macros. And yeah, absolutely. I am 100% all mm. for choosing social value absolutely like if you're with your family and you want to um take that calorie hit and just accept that maybe for that week or for that period of time you're not going to hit your goals and be okay with that then amazing but if you're constantly chucking it in the fuck it bucket and going memories over macros every single event you're soon going to be in quite a bit of a calorie surplus and which will lead to weight gain and that's just you know, a bit of tough love. There's no two ways about it. That's what's going to happen. It's the science. So just be mindful. Yes, mindfulness. Oh, my God. There was a couple of points that you mentioned there, Hannah, and I just wanted to sort of dive into it. So when you are talking about uh, the all or nothing and fuck it and all of those kinds of terms, it's like, and memories over macros. I have heard that so many times as well. And it's so fascinating because, when people say that, a lot of the time they are saying "fuck it." They're saying memories over me uh, memories over macros, but yeah, fuck tracking. Let's just do whatever, you know. But you still need to have boundaries. So, you know, you should go into it still feeling as though okay, I still need to be mindful about what I'm consuming. Like, still trying to have some sort of portion control and not to mindlessly eat, not to gorge on food enjoy the food, savor it, but don't go back for five plates <laughs> because that's not going to help you get to any goal or at least it will help you to gain weight, but it's not going to be the weight that you want. It'll be body fat and no one wants to gain body fat. Let's be real. Um, unless they actually need to, if they're undernourished, but that's not most people. So 
yeah, I just wanted to sort of mention that um, fact. There was something else that you mentioned as well. I, I guess I feel that, that balance in itself is kind of like, well, it's moderation. So we should still be having everything in moderation. You can have your alcohol, you can still have a nice plate of food, have some dessert, and then, you know, maybe that's where you sort of leave it. But just allowing yourself and giving yourself that permission to have the food and enjoy the social occasion, enjoy the company around you, uh, that's probably going to be the most important factor in, in this maintenance phase. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, this ties in as well to what we were talking about before of I think people underestimate what being in a calorie surplus or a weight gain phase actually means. And it's a lot yeah. less calories than you might think. Like it only takes an extra 50, 100 calories a day increase before you know it, that's 700 to 1000 calories a week. Um, yeah. It soon adds up and there's a very fine line between gaining muscle or a lean bulk, if you like to call it that, and gaining body fat unnecessarily. So um, how like out of interest, how many calories would you personally be increasing by if you were to go into a surplus? Obviously, it'll depend on the end goal, I guess. But for the most part, I'd say 10 to 20 percent. Yeah. So it'd probably only be one to three hundred calories, realistically, for most people. Um, and like that's a pretty conservative approach. But in the past, I've done the opposite where I've increased by like, you know, way too much and ended up getting gaining 10 kilos because I didn't increment the weight. Like I didn't increment up. I just went like up to level 100, you know, and that was the the downfall for me. And And then trying to lose that body fat, that's really fucking hard when you when you gain 10 kilos it's not going to be 10 kilos of muscle maybe only like one kilo of muscle and the rest is body fat uh and it takes months and months to actually lose it all so um when you are in a, a calorie surplus it's still important to track your food and it's still important to actually know what's coming in and with more calories actually comes more responsibility as well <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. With great calories comes great responsibility. <laughs> well, it's true. Like, it's, you know, what Hannah was saying is that, you know, you could only increase a tiny amount by like 50 to 100, and that's all your body needed to gain body fat. And that's why it's important to track your surpluses because it's pretty easy to overconsume food with the mentality that, oh, I'm in a weight, um, I'm in a, um, sorry I lost my train of thought I'm in a surplus I'm in a bulk right so that association with that is oh I have to eat a shitload of food and that's where people go wrong is they kind of go a little bit too far with it so um, still tracking calories still being conservative with the bulk I think that's the best way to actually minimize fat gain because at the end of the day no one wants to gain body fat um, and, you know, over the Christmas period, especially with lots of highly palatable foods and lots of feasts going on and all the social occasions, um, we still need to have some uh, discipline at the end of the day. If, if we're really serious about our goals, we do actually need to have that um, level of discipline at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. Not to change um, topics completely, but it's quite relevant. I've, have you ever seen, well, two things have you ever seen the pictures of like 
two people and one of them eats 100 calories more and it's like a three-year period or something and the amount of weight gain is insane like mm-hmm. crazy um it's just a visual for like how much impact just 100 mm-hmm. calories extra can have and then mm-hmm. also I follow this lady on Instagram and I've forgotten her name um she's a woman in her 60s and she is shredded as um and she talks about how the middle age spread is a myth and how it's actually an accumulation of calories year after year after year that unfortunately has built up sneakily without you realizing to create this weight that you now cannot lose and you think it's your age that has um mm-hmm. caused that but actually it's just an accumulation of years and years of eating maybe only 50 calories extra than your body needed a day for 20 years you know yeah. very yeah. fascinating I'll, I'll find her name and put it in the show notes because I really love that Hannah and you know I've had clients in the past who are in their 40s and 50s and they've actually made some kick-ass results like sometimes even better than the person in their early 20s you know so your age doesn't actually mean that you're uh that you can't see results it's it's almost like a mentality it's like people think that because they're that age that they couldn't possibly lose the weight that they've gained in the past when in reality sometimes it's actually your mind that is uh, preventing you it's limiting you from succeeding in life yeah unless you've got some kind of health condition 99 percent of the time it's your mind exactly yeah completely and another thing healthy hedonista you're healthy hedonista she's called that's her instagram name she's called jane mcdonald i met her in la she's fantastic she's a wbff model it's her mom john who she might even be in her 70s, John, um, who was talking about the myth of um, the middle-aged spread and stuff like that. But um, your healthy head and is that she talks about how your metabolism does not slow down with age. That's a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she goes so into the science and everything behind it. She's amazing. And I think Jane's in like her, her 40s and um, her mom, John, is in her 60s or 70s I'm obsessed with them both anyway Christmas (laughs) I wanted to make another point with that because this is a really valuable uh sort of topic now and I've heard this so many times you know like parents aunties uncles you know um other people that I've heard around on Instagram and all the rest and it is so common for people to actually say that the reason why they're not seeing results is because of another factor like an external factor and they don't take into consideration well actually when people turn 30 this is what people say oh as soon as I turned 30 that's when everything went downhill I started gaining all this weight and blah 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 and I'm like well hang on a second you stopped exercising you stopped um, eating really well like you're not sleeping you've got children so you're Um, up all night taking care of them or um, you know your lifestyle is different you're not moving enough like there's so many different things that they're not now doing that they previously did do or they previously kind of got away with a little bit when they were younger Um, like for instance when people are really young and they're you know quote unquote skinny they think that they can get away with eating a bunch of shit basically and then it catches up with them as they get a little bit older and they have that similar mentality, but then their body shape and everything has changed and their whole lifestyle is different now. 
but they've blamed the facts of their age or their hormones or all of these external factors when in actually like they've just stopped doing like they've just stopped eating healthy they've stopped you know tracking their food or maybe they're just eating more calories or um you know having more meals out or having lots of alcohol and all these other little things and yeah it's just something that I, I see all the time and I just wanted to sort of point out it's a lot of the time isn't the age factor not at all my body's better now over there than it ever was in my 20s yeah or I mean I'm, I'm not quite 30 yet but I'm a year off it and yeah I'd say that I actually look younger now than what I did 10 years ago and yeah. that's pretty crazy because <laughs> yeah, I'm healthier that. now you know feel my body properly I train I you know I'm active I you know for the most part try and sleep really well <laughs> that's still something I'm fixing but you know I work on myself and that's the point so yeah work on yourself and you will do great things your limit is your mind a lot of the time (laughs) moving back into the silly season (laughs) I feel a bit silly today what other points did you have did you have more um I think we did also mention a little bit of uh before the podcast we spoke about prioritizing protein So this can be in any phase, this one. So I feel like we've sort of said the main points in most of those phases, would you say, Hannah? Yeah. Most important ones anyway. And then there's some things that you might might like to do on regardless of which phase you're in. And, And we do this on a yearly basis, like no matter what day of the year, we always prioritize our protein because we know that in order to grow muscle, our body needs a certain amount of protein every single day but we also need to make sure that we're spreading it out through the day if we want to maximize our uh, muscle building potential. Uh, So protein will be the most important there as well as the calories according to your goal. Um, And then I would also say prioritizing fruits and veggies. That's something that so many people don't do and it can just impact your health in the best kind of way. And it can help you with your energy and your mood levels as well, as well as keeping you full, which if you're in a fatless space, that's going to be the most important thing for you is making sure that you're satiated and making sure that you're able to stick to the uh, regime. So keeping yourself content um, is really important. Veggies can really help you with that and protein. Absolutely. <laughs> like if I'm going out for dinner, in fact, Saturday, I'm going, going out for dinner. I know I'm going to be um, banking my calories for that meal mm-hmm. on the night. I mean, I've quite got quite a few calories to play with still because I'm early in my prep, so um, I'm pretty blessed in that way. But um, I am going to have for my lunch literally just a tuna salad, so tuna in spring water with a teaspoon of olive oil, some fresh lemon, um, squirted over it, some salt and pepper, and loads and loads of salad just to keep me, get that high-volume food so that I've got more calories for the night. Um, mm-hmm. And then like okay. even during the week, I like bigger dinners, so I'll have like a chicken stir fry, just chicken veggies, a little bit of rice at lunchtime so that I can have, and like piles and piles of veggies so that I can have more, more calories at dinner time. So it'll keep me full. So yeah, it's such a great little hack. I was just going to say that's a really good tip. Uh, yeah, I love that. And I feel like protein for both of us is a non-negotiable. Like I never not hit my protein. Like 
if I don't hit my protein, it's one gram off or something like that. But for the most part, it'll be right back. <laughs> can't speak now. Right smack bang on the dot. 125 or 130 now. It's it's 130 now. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm enjoying that because I actually do really like protein. Uh, but, you know, my coach has popped it a little bit lower than I would have liked so that I can have more carbs. <laughs> so it's, it's a strategy and I'm willing to work at it. Uh, but yes, protein is, yeah, the most important part of our day, or at least we, we prioritize that. And it's, yeah, so important when you're going to eat out. Because when you eat out, chances are you're probably not going to be getting much protein <laughs> or veggies. Just going to be carbs and fats, guys. If you are, you're eating in the wrong places. <laughs> True. I mean, having said that, like options wise, you could pick, like there's so many different things that you could pick at certain restaurants to have more protein. Like you could pick like an entree of oysters or something like that, or any kind of entree could be your main meal if you don't want to have like a huge smorgasbord of things. And you could just add a couple of sides like add a, a side of steamed rice add a side of um, steamed veg pop the oysters on top good to go <laughs> yum <laughs> I love oysters do you not love them? I love oysters yeah but I'm just like oysters veggies and rice <laughs> it was the first thing that popped into my head you know in order to be pretty close and accurate because like steamed veg uh yeah steamed veg not going to be any oil or at least you can ask for no oil and steamed rice not going to be cooked with anything else unless it's sushi rice which will have sugar in it mm. um but yeah that's another point to make japanese going out for japanese you can order sashimi so yeah. it's, it's raw raw salmon raw tuna that's a great way to get in some extra protein so there's yeah. there are options you just got to be smart about it and you got to pre-plan that's probably the biggest thing actually Oh, 100%. Look at the menu before you go so and choose what you're going to have. Um, in fact, one of my girls who I coach messaged me yesterday and she's like, I'm going to this place for dinner tomorrow. Please help me. This is the menu. And I went through and I was like, okay, this, this is what I would choose. Um, and then we were speaking about how she was looking at the linguine and I was like, look, if you want the linguine, go for it. But there's going to be um, it's with a sauce you don't know how much oils in there so just be mindful allow for the extra oils allow for the sugar in the dressing that you might not have thought was in there because you assume it's just say for example I don't know cream and salt and pepper and god knows what else but it's probably yeah. oil and um, sugar in there as well that you wouldn't even think yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, allow for an extra few hundred calories in there and in the end she went for um, I think she went for steak and, and sweet potato fries yeah steak's so easy because they give you the grams isn't it exactly perfect yeah. one thing that I will I don't know if I want to I don't know if we want to dive down this rabbit hole but I'm probably just going to open this kind of worms and see where it goes um healthy options when eating out <gasps> okay so I feel like I'm starting shall shall we start it or shall we leave it for another episode Hmm. It could be a long one. I did have a point to uh, make about what you just said though. Okay. Which, do that. And then we'll save this for another episode. Cause yeah. Cool. So I actually had a similar thing happen with one of my clients this past week as well. And sometimes people won't be able to choose the restaurant they go to. Like if I'm able to choose, I will always like choose. Cause if I feel like a specific thing, then I'm like, I want to go here. But 
sometimes when someone else picks the restaurant, you don't always get to pick and it can be really hard depending on where you go. So for instance, this particular client was going to Indian. Now we all know Indian, you know, butter chicken and um, chicken korma and all of these things, they're all creamy kind of saucy. Oil, fat. So whilst it does sound like it might be kind of simple to track, there's probably a lot more fats in it that, than you would expect. So in that kind of regard, just over track the fats <laughs> and do the best you can with, by breaking up the meal um, yourself. But um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting because um, when you mentioned about the fettuccine, it's like, or the ling- linguine rather, same thing. Same, same. <laughs> Hopefully no Italians will be like, no, everybody Italians about? throwing things. <laughs> I'm just Aussie guys. Like, um so funny it's actually a funny thing whenever I cook pasta I cook it like I cook it wrong basically and Thomas was always like no you meant to have it's meant to be a little bit chewy like just a tiny bit like al dente and I was just like well I don't really give a shit I just want to eat the food like you know but he's like very particular about rice and pasta like how you cook it so it's really funny Um, but any Italian would literally they would be like mortified by the way that I cook their food (laughs) Um, anyway so my suggestion to the client was that she wanted to have a uh, papadum as well as rice and I said that's fine if you want to have both why don't we say when you order, I want, I think we said the chicken tikka. I think she was going to get chicken tikka masala. Order that and then say, can I just have half rice? So don't be afraid to actually say, can I have half the portion of something? And if you, or even if you get them to bring it out on the plate and then ask them to bring a container out with it so you can immediately put half of it into a container, take home because you won't be tempted if it's, you know, in a container, in your bag, you know, you can pick it up on the way out, whatever. But if it's in front of you, it's really hard to stop when it tastes so fucking good. right? And also it takes 15 minutes for your gut stretch to tell Mm. your brain that you're full. So that's one way, like take your time with food so that you don't overeat because your plate still got food on it. You're like, "Mm, yum, I'm still hungry. And then next minute you're full as fuck. It's true. And when you're eating out as well, like if uh, if you've potentially starved yourself part of the day which is why we talk about banking calories to make sure that you've got more to play with earlier on in the day as well if you're coming in hungry you're gonna eat the food a lot quicker so then it's going to be easier for you to overeat. but if you're satiated from the previous meal you know maybe you've only just eaten like three and a half hours prior then you're going to go into that meal feeling a little bit more satiated before you've even started and then you're less likely to overconsume. yeah yeah we could go on all day about this (laughs) and we would (laughs) exactly Uh, but those are just a couple of tips that we think is is really helpful and valuable for anyone who's uh, wanting to approach the silly season in the best kind of way and come out starting the new year with a really healthy mentality and still a healthier body as well love that well I don't have anything to add do you no I think that sort of wraps up today 
So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As we mentioned, we're going to be doing an episode next week of Frequently Asked Questions about our coaching program. And we're also going to be doing a live video in the next couple of weeks as well on Instagram. So look out for that. We'll give you some details about when that's going to be. So check out our stories for that. And we hope that you have a wonderful Thursday or Friday or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is you're watching, listening, rather. And we hope that you have a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, remember, if you have not signed up to be the first to know for our coaching program, the link is in the show notes. And you can find me at the Hanasad and Nairi at, at coach underscore Nairi. And both of us, the um, podcast Instagram is in the show notes <laughs> every time. <laughs> Have I'm a great day. <laughs>